good to worship the Lord. Good morning, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and as we gather, uh, we, re- we are reminded that God is good and God is with us. Um, God didn't have to be invited into the building this morning. Isn't that good news? Uh, he was already here and has prepared for us this morning uh, a chance to connect with him. Uh, and I pray with all of my being, that I take every advantage of that opportunity. Uh, and I pray also that you do uh, as well. Um, this morning as we begin, I just wanted to offer a few quick announcements. Many of you grabbed a bulletin and, and all of these are printed in here. But um, just to highlight a few, uh, we hit the ground running. It's 2021. Anybody excited for 2021? 20, 2020 is behind us. Uh, and yet... There's, there's a continuity to the changing of the years, but there's also a chance to just to, to drive a stake in the ground and say, this is a new year. This is a new beginning. Uh, and so we celebrate the chance to do that together in community as well. Um, starting this uh, Tuesday, uh, a new session of Grief Share will begin. It's an evening session, and so those will begin uh, Tuesday evening uh, over in the Jones Center starting at 7 p.m. Also this Wednesday, we have a, a Wesleyan Covenant service that will be happening um, starting at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Um, that's for adults uh, and teens. Um, the kids will have their own activities activity upstairs with, with Adriana, uh, and so I wanted to highlight that and make sure that parents knew that. But this is a great opportunity to, um, to renew our covenants with the Lord, that, that this turning of the year also can be a, a spiritual a benchmark for us as well. And so we invite you to come on Wednesday evening uh, at 7 p.m. to the covenant service. Um, Ladies Bible study begins not this Monday, but next Monday, January 11th uh, at 6.30 p.m. There is a sign up in the lobby. And so uh, ladies, I encourage you to uh, go ahead and, and sign up for that if you're interested in joining, uh, doing a study called Matchless that was written by, by Angie Smith. Um, and there are instructions on how to register for that as well. And then starting a week from Wednesday, we have a financial class that is starting up. That's Wednesday, January 13th. Um, and I would encourage you, uh, you know, sometimes after, <laughs> I, we're, we're a family with young kids. Sometimes after Christmas, it's a good time to say, okay, it's time to buckle down on those finances. Um, but more, more importantly, it's about maintaining um, sustainable practices with our finances and that's what we'll be focusing on in our financial class how to how to have discipline in that area of life uh, and to honor God uh, with our finances Um, as always at the bottom of our bulletin is a little tear-off prayer card our staff loves to pray for the specific requests um, that, that you have. And so if you leave a prayer request, we'll be faithful to pray for those uh, over the course of the week and especially during our staff meeting. Uh, we do want to pray for Lisa Jones, who shared on Facebook that her brother passed away um, just uh, unexpectedly uh, in the last couple of days. And so she's on her way to Ohio. So please remember Lisa and her family in your prayers uh, this week. Um, also, um, at the back of the back of the sanctuary is the offering box, and we invite you to to leave your tithes and offerings there. If you're joining with us online, we want to welcome you. Uh, you can give uh, online at uh, mhnazarene.org/give, or you can mail your check into the church. Um, but it's just good to to be in the house of the Lord together, isn't it? Let's pray as we begin uh, this morning service. God, thank you for your presence in this place. 
We thank you that we don't have to invite you here. We thank you that, that you came in with us as we are faithful followers of you, but we also know that your presence was already here, that you embody your creation, that you fill your creation with your goodness and with your presence. And so today as we sing, today as we read scripture, today as we worship uh, in song and in word and in fellowship, may this just be a celebration of, of your people, a celebration of a gathering of your people. And may you help us to learn something today. Would you, would you shape us this morning? For it's good to be in your presence. Be with us and may you be honored in all we do, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read responsibly from Psalm 147 this morning. Um, so read responsibly with me. Praise the Lord, O people of Jerusalem. Praise your God, O people of Zion. The Lord has strengthened the defense of the righteous. Surely he has blessed the children of the people who follow him. Grant us peace as you make us peaceful and fill us with the finest of wheat. The command of the Lord is sent across the earth, and that word moves swiftly. Snow falls like wool upon the earth, and frost is scattered like ashes. And hail is hurled down like crumbs, for who can stand before his cold? Then comes forth his word, and all is melted and restored. The gentle wind blows, and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinances to Israel. Reveal to us your purposes and ordinances, O God, and we will follow your way. Praise the Lord. And praise the Lord is what we're going to do. We're going to sing some Christmas songs. The Lord proclaims, sing joyfully for the people of Jacob. Shout for the leading nation. Raise your voices with praise and call out, the Lord has saved his people, the remaining few in Israel. I am going to bring them back from the north. I will gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the disabled, expectant mothers and those in labor. A great throng will return here. With tears of joy they will come. While they pray, I will bring them back. I will lead them by quiet streams and on smooth paths so they don't stumble. I will be Israel's father. Ephraim will be my oldest child. Listen to the Lord's word, you nations, and announce it to the distant islands. The one who scattered Israel will gather them and keep them safe as a shepherd his flock. The Lord will rescue the people of Jacob and deliver them from the power of those stronger than they are. This is a new day. It's a new year. And we come together here in this place and those watching with us. May we open our hearts and our doors for Christ to enter. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, you have sent your son. Enter in, Lord Jesus. Enter into our presence, whom we love and adore. You have given us life, and we celebrate and bring glory and honor to you today. You have graced us with your steadfast love. Continue to bless us today, Lord. Hear our hearts, hear our cries, hear our praises, hear our prayers. As we have walked the, through this last year, Lord, with days and weeks and time unknown, we want to rest in you. Lord, we desire to see you and what you see, to understand and to be compassionate. Perhaps that is what you have wanted for us, to see, to understand, 
and to be compassionate. May we be ever so grateful for the blessings you have given us this week, this last year, for the small reminders and signs of your presence, breathing life into those whom we love, Lord. Lord, continue to be with our family and our friends who are struggling with illness and discomfort. For those who have recently been diagnosed with the unexpected, Lord, will your presence just surround them with your comfort and bring peace to their fears. Touch their bodies, Lord Jesus, and bring healing and strength back to them. Lord, we pray for those who are grieving. We lift up Lisa Jones and her family right now. Lord, be with them. Be with others who have lost loved ones who are walking through the dark shadows. May your presence be their shining light, sweet Jesus. Lord, we are here in this place, in the spaces of our homes, crying out to you on days that are hard and frustrating. Perhaps today is that day for some now. Lord, hear our cries. Know our weaknesses. Give us strength to overcome. Help us to be, to simply be what you need us to be today, to be present, to make amends, to listen, to respond. Lord, help us to love unconditionally as we wait and prepare for your return. May we not give up or give in. Be with us these days, Lord. Protect us and help us to be the beacon of your light. Open our hearts and minds up this morning as we hear your word. Consecrate him to our hearts, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Now, I don't know about some of you, but over the course of the holiday, did you go on a movie binge? Right? Okay. I, I'm sure you did. Well, we went on kind of a, a movie binge ourselves. So here's one. You guys might get this one. Did you know Yoda had a last name? What his full name is? <laughs> Children. <laughs> Wasn't that good? See, I got you, Trent. Children, it is so great to worship with you this morning. Enjoy your time in Children's Church. I'm going to be the Star Wars joke. Not at all. Well, good morning, and I want to continue to wish you Merry Christmas on this, the 10th day of Christmas, if you're, if you're keeping track. Um, haven't seen any Leaping Lords yet, but uh, the day is yet young, so we'll see. Um, we still have our, our Christmas decorations up in honor of this, the season of Christmas, um, and we, we'll still have them up next Sunday, in fact, if you are able to come back and to join us. Uh, next week, we'll be turning to an Epiphany text. Epiphany marks kind of the end of the season of Christmas, or what's uh, been traditionally called Christmas Tide uh, in the in the church world. Um, and remembers uh, Epiphany remembers the the coming of the Magi from the east, and officially happens on Wednesday. We're having our Wesleyan Covenant service on Wednesday, and so we're going to push our Epiphany text to next Sunday, and then after that. Christmas decorations come down. Show of hands, how many already have all your Christmas decorations packed and put away? Several? That, that, that's okay. That's good. That's great. 
You're efficient on the spot. Uh, we are not there yet at home or here, um, and yet um, there's just a, a changing of the a changing of the seasons. That's really fun. Uh, today we turn to the Christmas text of John chapter 1. There were, there were kind of two options given, verses 1 through 18, uh, or verses 10 through 18. Uh, so 1 through 9 are kind of optional. Um, but if you know John chapter 1, um, man, what a significant text, and what a beautiful um, articulation uh, of the presence of Christ in this place. Um, and so um, I, I opted for the shorter text because I only, you know, I didn't think you wanted to be here too long today, um, and so there's just so much good stuff packed into these verses. Um, but today, out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, if you're able, would you join us in standing um, as we read from John chapter 1, verses 10 through 18 this morning. John chapter 1, starting in verse 10. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than me because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. As the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. So the first chapter of the Gospel of John is, is one of the most powerful, one of the most maybe recognizable passages in the Bible. Powerful and beautiful. What does it say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God in the beginning. The, that everything that came into being came through the Word. Without the Word, nothing came into being. Word brought life into being. It's a very recognizable text uh, and one that, that you've probably heard before. Uh, and there, I really have two fears with such a familiar passage <laughs> and powerful text. The, the first fear I have is doing it justice. <laughs> Don't mess this up, preacher. Come on. Uh, this, is, this is big. This is good. This is significant things that God wants to tell us. Fear number two is... Oh, preacher, I've heard this before. <laughs> and check out. So, so hopefully we can navigate both of those fears this morning um, and learn something from God, be shaped by God this morning. The second part of chapter 1, the part that we read from 10 through 18, probably is a little less familiar, but no less significant. Uh, as John begins his gospel, he's setting the stage for his discussion about Jesus Christ, setting the stage for all that he plans to write about Jesus Christ and testifying to Christ's significance. 
Uh, as, as the writer of John had, had already seen, the life lived by this man was going to change the world. John knew that. John knew that as he set out. And so how do you start a book? How do you start this writing about the life of Jesus Christ? For the writer of the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 5 talk about the permanence of Jesus, the power of Jesus. Jesus was there from the very beginning. Christ was there bringing life into being. He didn't show up at Christmas time for the first time, but Christ was there throughout. His permanence was set in the writings of creation. And the Gospel of John, the writer wanted to set that out from the very beginning. Jesus isn't new on the scene. Jesus had been here. And then John uh, talks about John the Baptist in verses 6 through 8. If you look, talks about John's mission and John's commission by the Lord to prepare the way for one who would come after him. Ones whose significance exceeded his own. And then we come come to our text. The first section of our text is really, really remarkable. John is really talking about the reception of Jesus when Jesus showed up on the scene. Again, the gospel of John wasn't written as Jesus was living his life, instead written decades after the death and resurrection of Christ so that people didn't forget Christ's story. The people who had followed Jesus said, we're getting old. Have you ever Ever felt that way? I, I felt that way a couple times this past week. We went skiing. I felt really old. Um, they were getting old, and they said, we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget these stories. We don't want to forget what Christ has done. We don't want to forget the tales and the stories. Let's begin to write these down. But John is talking about... Uh, the reception of Jesus, talking about the folks that, that really should have recognized Jesus, but they didn't. There's a very real sense here that, that God tends to come in unexpected ways. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that God tends to come in unexpected ways? And there's a bunch of stories in the Bible that, that reveal this and that talk about this. Uh, back up this this unexpected God who shows up. He shows up for a for a teenage boy who was good with a slingshot and had to defend a nation against a giant. He shows up for a young woman, Esther, who takes a risk in 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 asking or taking audience with the king, one who could have ended her life in a moment's notice. He shows up in the trumpet blast as as the army surrounds Jericho. God shows up in unexpected ways throughout the writings of the Old Testament. The other birth narratives agree about this unexpected arrival, born of a virgin. Unexpected. Born of a teenage unwed mother. Unexpected. Shows up in Bethlehem. I'm new to Mountain Home still a little bit. It's like showing up in Pine or Featherville or Hammett, right? This is out of the way place. Every place has the smaller places that they like to pick on a little bit. Bethlehem was that place. Bethlehem. Unexpected. There was nothing normal. There's nothing normal about this arrival. 
But this passage tells us something important. We who are the people of God need to stand watch for the arrival of Jesus. Hey, we are a people who believe that God is still arriving. Do you believe that? God still shows up. God still has something to do. God still calls us to reach out. We are a people that believe God is still arriving, still moving, still working. We who are the people of God need to stand watch for the arrival of Jesus, even today. But B, also, we are now the people of God who can easily miss it because we're, we're busy doing our things. In Jerusalem, in the big city, in the epicenter, were a lot of people who were going to temple, who were offering their sacrifices, that were caught up in the, in the religious routines and being faithful to, to what they had been taught. And they missed the news bulletin, the breaking news in Bethlehem, in, in, in this stable, in this cave, tucked behind this inn, arrived the Messiah, the Christ, the one who we were waiting for. We who are the people of God need to stand watch today for the arrival of Jesus. Verse 9 uh, it, there reveals to us, uh, even this is the verse before we read, uh, reveals to us a beautiful truth. The, the light that Jesus brings is not limited to us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It doesn't stop with us. Verse 9 says, it shines on all people. This light that Christ wants to bring shines upon all people, which is a relief. <laughs> that if, if we miss it, if you and I miss it, God's not done. God won't quit. But God's grace is for all of us, for all people. We sometimes, well, maybe I should say it first person, I sometimes like to act like I think that, that God's light is, is meant for, for us. Or, or at least people like us, people who, who, who look like me, people who talk like me, act like me, believe like me. The Gospel of John is very clear. Very clear. The true light that shines on all people was coming to the world in Jesus Christ. All people, not some, not the righteous, not the good Jewish folks, not the good Christian folks. And that we can all believe that we all have this chance to respond to Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, who came at Christmas time. The Christ candle is lit. He has arrived. And those who should have known, what does the text say? Didn't welcome him. Didn't recognize him. But for those who did, those who beheld the light, those who saw Jesus Christ, those who believed were welcomed as children of God. Which was scandalous, which was just crazy. The, the Jews had no, no concept of this. The Jews had worshipped Yahweh, had provision for the outsider, but they were still the epicenter. 
They were still known as the special and privileged people of God, the ones who were faithful, the ones who carried the ark, who rebuilt the temple. And John says, the light came for all. That Christ came for all. And we come down to verse 14, which really becomes the central theme and the message for the whole gospel of John. If, if you read through John, it, it's really just kind of a, an exposition of, of this, this verse, verse 14. I have, I have one commentator that I like to read. His name's William Barclay. And what he does is kind of take different sections of passages and, and then writes a little bit of commentary on each section. Well, John chapter 1 has like, 10 or 12 different sections of scripture. Like he breaks just one verse at a time and then he has to talk about it and then two verses here. Verse 14, he leaves all to itself and he writes this commentary and then he says, I have to do it again and writes another. He has three different sections on this one, this one verse. It really is the scandal of Christmas. The word became flesh and made his home among us. The word became flesh and made his home among us. There's no arguing what the word is. The word is established, right? The word was God. The word was with God. The word was with God in the beginning. Through the word, life literally came into being. There's no arguing what the word is. And there's no arguing what the flesh is either. Uh, this is not God becoming very close to human-like, <laughs> like really close to being human. That's not what John 1.14 says. This is not a guy who was very, very God-like. I mean, really close to God. Both of those things have been tried. Both of, both of those explanations for who Jesus was have been tried and rejected. That's not what we believe, Church. That's not, that's not sufficient. That's not enough to do the work that God came to do. The word became flesh. The word became a man that came, and that man came down to earth and made his dwelling with us, beside us. This was hard to believe. This was, this was hard to swallow. The writer of the Gospel of John um, actually uses the Greek word sarks. I'm not a, I'm not a Greek scholar. I, I don't know enough Greek to talk about Greek, so I, I borrow what other people tell me, okay? Uh, but John uses the Greek word sarks. I'm not, uh, this is the same word that, that Paul had used over and over again in his epistles, in his letters to his churches, to talk about our flesh, that this stuff, this flesh that we live in, this, this body, this personhood, this humanness. <laughs> Paul wasn't really complimentary uh, of the flesh. Read a few letters of Paul. Um, and flesh came to represent our, our worldliness, our, our tendency to sin, our tendency to go our own way and say, God, I know this is what you've called us to, but... Ah, this is easier, or, or this is my habit, or this is what I've fallen into again. Even though I, I really want to do what you want me to do, hmm, I tend to go the way of the sarks or the flesh. 
that's what the word became. That's what Jesus became. This, this was simply unacceptable to, to a whole bunch of people, uh, even when this was written. Uh, Jesus couldn't be this. Jesus couldn't, God couldn't become sarks. This is oxymoronic. They, they, don't, they don't line up. This was good being bad. This was black being white. And it just didn't work. Jesus couldn't embody this fleshliness that has caused us so many problems in our life. So much pain. So much sorrow. God certainly couldn't become that. Could he? It was much easier the way we had always done it, right? Send a prophet. God, let's, let's go back to that. Give us, give us the law. Tell us what to do. Give us a checklist. I'm really good with the boxes because it's really satisfying to, to tick them off, right? The writer of Hebrews, as he begins in chapter one, maybe says it best. In the past, in the old ways, God spoke through the prophets to our ancestors in, in many times and in many ways. But in these final days, he spoke to us through a son. Through a son. Christmas is this new way of doing things, this unexpected way that God shows up and says, we're going we're gonna to change the method. We're going to do it a new way. Not sending the law, not sending a prophet, but showing up. This is love. Later, John would pen the verse, God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Not a new set of instructions to follow. God so loved the world that he rewrote his instructions to make sure we got it right. God so loved the world that he sent a new prophet to set us straight and tell us how it really was. God so loved the world that he gave us his son. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's why we exchange gifts. Because God was the first giver. The fact that God embodied this humanness, this flesh, I believe gives us great hope. In a very real way, it redeems those of us, those who we, those of us who are the children of God, reminds us that God's plan was always for us to be human. God's plan was for us to to be human, to be sarks, and that as we become new creations in Christ, that He redeems all of this stuff and says it's good. When he made us with these fleshly bodies, he said, <clears throat> this is good. Actually, when he got done with humans, he said, this is very good. This is how I want you to be. This is who you are. This is who you were intended to be <clears throat> in this creation plan. And that as we choose to walk with God, we are returning to the original design that God had for us. We are returning to who we were meant to be, becoming who God intended us to be. 
and the rest of the Gospel of John. The next 20 and a half chapters would be telling us all about how Christ did this and explaining this simple reality. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and full of truth. I want to live that kind of life, church. I want to live that kind of life that that steps into who God made us to be, even in our sarks, even in our flesh, even with all this stuff. Jesus Christ came, moved toward us in love on Christmas so that we could live as God intended. Amen? Is that good news? It's good news today. This Christmas day, God chose to come toward us in our need and redeem who we are and who he intended us to be. Amen. I'm going to ask the praise team to come forward. My prayer today is that we don't miss the chance to see and to receive the light that comes with Christ As we continue to celebrate this Christmas season, may we see and know that God is very present all around us and in us and in in this, this humanness that we have. God is present and among us as the people of God and as members of God's very creation. The truth is that God isn't just in us, but all around us in all of creation. I pray we recognize God in that. That we don't miss it. That we as people of God in Mountain Home, in this, in, in this <clears throat> unique place and, and in this unique time, don't miss that Jesus continues to show up, continues to have a plan, and invites us in. He says, come along, come with me. But I also pray that we see God's glory full of grace and truth. Would you pray with me this morning as we close? God, thank you for the chance to worship you. Thank you that you came toward us and and in love sent your son. Those who might believe might be called children of God. We love you. We worship you today. Be with us as we continue to worship, I pray in Jesus' name. As we sing this morning, I just want to invite you into a a space and a place of worship. I know we we sing songs every week, um, and we do that not just because you sing at church, but because it's a moment, it's a time um, of reflection, reflecting on what we've heard, um, and also a response to what we've heard. Uh, So as we sing this last song, uh, just reflect on what it means to be who God has created us to be. Um, If that means you don't sing the words because they're distracting, do that. Just sit and reflect. Um, But if it means singing the words and and letting those speak to you, um, just allow that to happen. Invite the Spirit into your heart today. As you're able this morning, would you stand and extend your hands this morning just to receive, in an act of receiving the benediction, a blessing this morning. Hold out your hands. May the God who showed great love for us by coming to be with us be near you this day.
May the great glory of God that we have witnessed shine bright in us, filling us with grace and truth like it did in God's Son. Go in the love of Christ.